Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Well, when I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions like, how do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps like people like to listen to? Or how do I make money from my podcast? Um, the answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. Um, what I love about Anchor is that, you know, it's really easy. It distributes everything to all your podcasts, really simple to create a profile and to um, just write settings or write your description. So if you always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it. Go to anchor.fm slash start to join and the diverse community of podcaster already is using Anchor. So that's anchor.fm slash start can't wait to hear your podcast hey everyone you're listening to we are shoemaker podcast this is stephanie drew um so today we're just going to be talking about the turnaround of our um andrew's relationship with my parents and i would just like to put it out there that i am a little congested so if i sound a little different it's because of that i've been sick for a few days you just sound like phoebe from friends if you guys watch Friends, have you ever seen that episode when Phoebe is a little sick, but she sings better? That's why you just sound better. You sound <sighs> more mature today. I love Phoebe. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, let's get to the story. Um, so, last week we talked about our engagement, how kind of crazy that was. And then, um, you know, how my parents were not accepting of Andrew. Um, so, the month after our wedding, my parents... It wasn't maybe not even a month, like a couple weeks after, just because it was my birthday. We went over to my parents to celebrate the usual. And my parents, uh, especially my mom, was still not accepting of Andrew. So she um, threw a fit. She was really mad at everyone. And she, of course, obviously was really mad at me and Andrew. Um, but my dad didn't talk to Andrew at all either. Um, I think he just you just said hi to my dad. Yeah, I just said hi to your dad, and then your mom was like, like told you to leave, told us to leave right away. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that you weren't so, part of the family. Mm-hmm. My mom was like really mad; she wanted us to leave. Um, but you know, my siblings they were all like, you know, it's we're celebrating birthdays this month, so like on my birthday, and like we just wanted to have a good day. But my mom was really mad, and I just I just remember her saying that she wanted me to leave. She didn't. She was like. You're not my daughter anymore, all that jazz. And um, so, do we leave? I can't remember. No, I don't think we left. I just think we just ignored her. And then everyone was telling mom to stop. And then she threw a fit and left, I think, the room. Maybe she did, yeah. Um, So, yeah. It was um, awkward for me, though. I was like, "Uh, uh." I think I just went downstairs. The usual. For Um, that time. So, yeah, so that was like. A couple of weeks after our wedding and then um a month later so like at the end of february um my parents they went through a house fire um so that was like a crazy first year of marriage for us i guess we would want to also talk about our first year in marriage since we get that question a lot of like how are things and was it different being married together 
but uh, our first year of marriage was like not a normal first year of marriage where we got to spend time with each other and grow together. Um, it was actually a lot more challenging just because like I mentioned earlier, my parents went through a house fire and during the house fire, my mother was like 70% or 75% burned. She was 75% burned. And then like, I think like almost 30% was like third, third degree burns. Yeah. And so she was literally burnt from head to toe. And, um, that was a crazy story and a crazy ride in itself. Um, so what really happened was, you know, my parents went through the house fire. Um, I was at school, um, doing my, um, you were at Mosaic. Yeah, I was at Mosaic. Um, you know, it's like a diversity cultural organization that I was a part of. And Andrew was hanging out with his cousin, his friends. And then my, you're with, you were with, uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know who I'm talking about? You were with Jared and Johan. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. I don't remember. Yeah, because they oh, moved into yeah. Stevens. Yep, 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 yep. Yep, 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 and yep. so um, you were hanging out with yep. their new apartment. Mm. And then I just remember my sister, my older sister, texting me like, the house is on fire. And we were like, I was at school. Um, I was just in shock of like, what? And like my sister sent me th- that text three times. And the three times I asked her, what? <laughs> I was just in disbelief. Did they send us pictures? Yeah, and then my sister sent me a picture. And then I didn't, I had no first phone service at that time. So I FaceTime Andrew through like, you know, a school internet connection. And then I told yeah. you that you need to come get me. My parents' house was on fire. And then my sister, my younger sister, she came and grabbed me from my organization and was like, we got to go. And I was like, yep, I know. Um, and then we had to go find my other older sister who was in class. Um, that's a hilarious story we're itself. Gonna, we're not going to throw her on blast. <laughs> <laughs> um, Just so yeah. if Stephanie's older sister is listening to this. <laughs> shake my head. <laughs> shake um, my so head. yeah, so Andrew came and picked us up at school and then we were like on our way. And of course, during our way to the house uh, to my parents' house, Andrew goes, Oh my gosh, I need gas. I'm out of gas. Like mm-hmm. really out of all the times. This is why okay, side note, always have gas in your no, car. This is a, why for you emergency. No 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey, we're, so. No no no. We're gonna get <laughs> this is why you don't always have gas in the car. And you'll understand in five seconds. Go ahead, keep telling the story. So while Andrew's getting gas at the gas station, my um other Um, sister called and was like mm -hmm. you guys need to go my other okay my second older sister i have four sisters i know this is getting confusing my second older sister she was at the house and she was there when the house was you know um on fire and everything was happening because she was home and so she called and she was like hey you guys need to go to the hospital you guys need to go hcmc that is where mom is she's being taken there right now um, and if you guys don't know, HCMC is a hospital literally next, next to North Central. Next to like, our college, yeah. Oh, yeah, the college. My bad. Whatever. Um, so, yeah. And then that, we turned around right away and went back to school. It was literally next door to school. So, we just parked at school. I'm pretty, I'm pretty much, I think we, yeah, we parked at school and then we just ran to the emergency unit yes and this is why you don't always have gas because i ran <laughs> I, I had no gas to get all the way to where they live in like 30 something minutes away mm-hmm. from the cities and so i w- took the first exit which is only like 
not even a half a mile from the hospital. Yeah. And as we were going, I saw an ambulance pass us. And I'm like, I had a feeling like that was mom for some reason. Mm -hmm. Because they're going super fast. And like, there's a hospital there. So it's like, it's not that. It's normal for us to see ambulance. But I just felt weird. I felt like something like God was telling me that that was mom. So like we took that exit and then we got the call like, hey, just go back and go. She's at the hospital right there. And I was like, that was, I was right. And we got there and she literally just got out of the car. Yep, she just got out. But then they didn't know that if it was our mom, they, because we were kind of there before they can just, you know, like get her cleaned and in a um, room. So we also had to testify if that was my mom, which was really hard. Yeah, because she didn't look Because like my mom. mom, yeah, her skin was all burnt. If you've never, if you think of burnt, I would always think of like burnt chicken wings why would you describe what burnt? <laughs> because People that's how my what oh, okay it's like literally black it was bad it was black and yes. i couldn't tell if it was my mom because she had all her hair was gone and most then, of it was burnt yeah most of it was burnt her all her skin was burnt like they said she was burnt 75 percent of her body and that included her face mm-hmm. her arms her face her arms her legs her, her arms back. got the worst they were like over third degrees. Yep. And she then had to get skin grafts. Yep. And then, and then so her back, right? Yeah. And then um so we had to testify that was my mom. For me, I had a really hard time because I couldn't tell. Um but my sister was like, Yep, that's our mom and then, you know, we had to give all the information we could and during that time my family who were at home were being held back because they had to get investigated. You know, just on um, policy yeah, they they had to get like they had to talk to fire like what's potential way the house caught on fire. And the house was literally burned to the ground. Pretty much to the ground. Mm-hmm. Like there isn't the basement was still alive and that was pretty much it. Yeah. So they had to ex- try to help explain and also they had like no shoes. Like no clothes, um, nothing, you they know. They're soaking um, wet and it was winter. It was February. Yes, it was February in the Midwest, upper Midwest, you know, so it was cold and snowy and um my niece was also there. She was probably like almost two. Really? Yeah. It was like two or three maybe. Three. I think she's three. Three. Okay. Cause she's oh going six. to be three because April. Yeah. Yep. She was going to be three. Wait. She just turned six. Six, yes. No. Somewhere around there, around that age, she was pretty young. Yeah, she was gonna be two. I think she was gonna be two. I don't know. She was a baby. Yes, she was a baby. baby. So, um, she was there, which was giving us a heart attack because we didn't know if she was okay. Like, right? We barely heard anything. It was Mm -hmm. rough. It was rough because we didn't hear anything. So we were at the hospital at six p.m. and then we didn't see my family until midnight. Um, so we had no news, nothing, and then we didn't get to see my mom until two a.m. Was it really midnight? I don't yeah. Know. That it was, was the shortest six hours, but also longest six hours. It was like a really long time because we were all trying to talk back and write to each other like, hey, what's happening? What? Where are you guys? But the thing yeah. was, they couldn't text us because, you know, they were getting investigated. And they also didn't. All and of we them didn't have know. their phones, did they? Yeah, they did. But we didn't know that because we, um, you know, we don't. We didn't. We never gone through a house fire, so we didn't know the procedures and stuff like yeah. that. So that was crazy. And like throughout the entire time of that um house fire my mom was sedated for two months and then 
Andrew was around all the time, you know, helping out. Even, like, me, Andrew, Andrew was, like, always working, and then after work, he'll come. And then I was at class, and then after class, and then I would come. Um, and see luckily, my mom. it was super close to us. Right. Because I also worked, and we lived, lived, like... A couple blocks away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we didn't it, live far at all. No. And I lived and worked at the same place, so, like, it was really... It was a good timing. One, I got, like, a week off for paid. Yeah. And then on top of that, like, everyone was, like, the school helped out. Yeah, the school helped like out. Our church helped out. Um, we had a lot of friends and family that donated money to us. We were super grateful. Mm-hmm. Still grateful for that. Um, but it was probably, like, the craziest time of our life as our first year of marriage. Um, so we spent most of our years, like, our married month at the hospital with my mom um taking care of her and just watching over her with my dad and making sure that my dad was okay and not tired um always just trying to be there in case anything happened um because there was a moment where my mom they had to test my mom if my mom was able to breathe by herself and she couldn't she failed the test um so yeah well a little bit more detail of that like um she was sedated and she had a tube, and when they tried to pull out the tube to see if she can breathe on her own, her lungs collapsed. Mm-hmm. And so then there was a part where we almost, like, lost her. Yeah. And there's a lot of complications with... Inhaling now, smoke. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. then like, with them doctors and stuff not wanting to talk to Stephanie's mom, dad because they were afraid that he didn't speak English, which is... Which is totally the opposite. My dad is, like, the most... Americanized person. Yeah, your dad, your yeah. her dad has like a master's, like speaks. He was a he English. was a teacher. He graduated with communications, you know, like yeah, things so. like that. So yeah, that's another start. Okay, so yeah, um, so we spent most of our first year there, and I think like during that time, my dad appreciated Andrew coming around and sticking around like day and night. Like literally, we wouldn't leave until like past midnight just because we wanted to make sure that like um my dad was okay and we did have a lot of relatives who came and visit my a mom lot. a lot of relatives people i've never even seen but yeah. after. <laughs> so then um that also kind of just i think really gave my dad like he had nowhere to talk to and nowhere to go and so i think that's the time he really used to talk with us and connect with us about like where how they're gonna get insurance and how to fill things out and andrew's parents we were super grateful for them too um because they they work in the medical field so any questions we had they knew the answer to yeah and they came by and helped my dad out as well and just making sure that my dad like everything was great with my mom and um that just to let my dad know that like hey they're running things smoothly here it's okay and, like, if you're not liking someone, it's okay to say, hey, we don't like this person. You know, like, can we get a different nurse? Um, so that was great to have them around to also, like, can I explain medical terms? You know, um, so I think that really just gave my dad, like, a different perspective of what he was expecting, you know, of a Caucasian son-in-law. Well, and also, like, the first day, for instance... We were all sitting in the room waiting to hear conditions of mom, and this was like midnight. We were all sitting in the room. None of us saw her. 
I think we saw her for right away, but then we didn't see her after that because they took her right into surgery. I think. Yep, they took her right away. Um, as soon as we saw, as soon as we said yes, that's our mom. They were like, okay, we're Bye. taking her, <laughs> and you guys have to go over here. Yeah. You know, and that was like a split five second. Yeah, and then so when we were all there, we were wondering conditions and stuff like that, and the doctor, the nurse at the time, like came in the room and started talking to us but because for some reason it felt like they thought I was like the translator because he only the doctor would only talk to me and not look at anyone else and like so then like I was like supposed to translate (laughs) like I don't I'm not a translator so it was like very like it just you could tell like how culturally unaware they are. Yeah, and also how culturally they felt more comfortable when I was around. Mm-hmm. Like, they acted different yeah. when I was around. Like, when I was around, like, they, they almost, like, stepped up their game, mm-hmm. in a sense, which is very bad. Not happy about that. Yeah. And so, like, they treated me 100% different when I was around, which is good because, like, that's why I was always around for pretty much and why I always felt like I was around and also why right. you're using your white privilege pretty much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like fun. Mm, it's, uh, yeah. That's the correct term. That is the correct term. And so like, like that's what your dad liked for me being around too. Is mm-hmm. that like he knew that things were going to get done. And then when my parents came around too, it was the same sh- sort of thing. Like when they found out they're both in the medical field, my mom's a nurse, my dad's like, been in and out of surgeries his whole life because he uh he's a surgical tech and stuff like that so like they my dad knew my mom knows all the medical terms and they're talking to him and they're like oh shoot like we gotta actually like step up and right be good and so after that scare they came and helped my father-in-law and ever since then like your dad has treated me like way different yeah, because I think it's just like, like I s- mentioned before, you know, like having that perspective of um, it, he wasn't expecting that kind of kindness and respect. Um, so I think that really just changed a lot of things because my dad started like being open and talking to Andrew about a lot of things. And I think even then you were trying to communicate with my dad as well. It's not like you just let my dad do it mm-hmm. like you were being intentional about it as well, like asking my dad if he needed coffee or if he needed food or if he would like your mom and like your mom and dad to be there to help, you know, translate stuff, not translate like wording, of course, but translating medical terms, like um, dummy down right. terms. Like I know some just from being with them forever, but like, yeah. I don't know every term and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it was just sometimes it was nice to, or I would just call them and be like, Hey, what the heck does this word mean? Right. You know? So like, um, that really changed my dad's perspective and then when my mom uh, was not sedated anymore, mm-hmm. um, she had to, she was in a lot of, like, pain from the, uh, just from the burnt, you know, like, all of the scarring, and she had to go through surgery. She was also in a lot of, like, PTSD. She, um, I don't know, she was just, like, very like emotional about everything and like she didn't like really want to do like physical therapy stuff like that which was really hard because you know you really need to do that so when she woke up she was against everything and um 
we were there all the time, you know, just feeding her, helping her, telling her, like, you need to do things on your own. We can't do it for you because, you know, like the nurse says so. And we want to respect them because we know they know what's best. Um, so that was like also really hard. And then Andrew would get stuck in the room with my mom, you know, sometimes by himself because, you know, everyone else is at work or everyone's in the class. And or people went to the bathroom. Yeah. Or someone went to the bathroom. And <laughs> my mom would get so mad. But she would also be like, well, if I need an ice cube, I can't get up and do it. Like, I have to just ask you to do it, you know. And I think like. That just kind of showed my mom, like, well, you know, he just didn't leave you. Like, you didn't leave my mom to, you know, like, be helpless. And I think, like, my mom turned around a lot during that time, too. Just seeing, like, I guess, I guess not turning around, but also just accepting the fact that, like, this is what it is. And, like, you weren't going to be, like, useless to her. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, she was in there for almost three months. So, like, that long of a time, of course, like, you're not going to want to be there. And, like, she woke up, like, after two months. Like, she was in a sedated coma for two months. Yeah. Like, she, like, she doesn't remember anything, really. Yeah, she didn't remember anything. She thought that she was in the hospital for, like, two weeks, which was really crazy. Because we're like, no, you were not. You were in the hospital for, like, two months. Um, So, I think that also really changed a lot of things for my mom to kind of turn around and um to just kind of accept our relationship and accept that like you know you weren't someone who didn't care about our family because it's not like Andrew was there for like five hours like me and Andrew were there like literally all day if we hadn't we didn't have work and if we didn't have if I didn't have class like on our weekends we would just go at the hospital and sit there all day and like all take turns you know and what's really great because my mom was in the icu unit um in that care unit you can only have two people in the room at a time but because you know my mom had 10 of us the nurses they were um great and they accommodated to us to be all of us being there because they're like you know this is your mom like we're not gonna separate you um so that was really great too and so we're all we all were always there until like really late um and then after that, you know, my parents, they went to an insurance home, which took forever. It took forever. To receive, like. Pretty much all the way up in, well, until actually, summer. Like, yeah, because it was even after they left the hospital, we still didn't have a home. Because they yeah. lived with your sister for yep. like a week. Mm-hmm. And then they finally got a home. Yeah, so what happened was that during that time, my family was living at um, the house that um, our college has. So they lent for free for our family to stay for like the two months Mm -hmm. and they're like you know you guys don't have your insurance home just stay here be safe your mom's down the block you guys can go back and forth which is really amazing well and we practically lived there too for those that time yes we had our own place but we never we only i only went there to go to work yeah get clothes and stuff like that because it was just easier for all of us to be together. Yeah, because it was, right, because my mom was down the block. If anything happened or if my dad needed anything, we just walk across the block to it. Mm-hmm. So that was really great. And then um, we spent a lot of our summer in the insurance home, just taking care of my mom, helping her like, with physical therapy. And um, even that time, like I was mentioning, she had a lot of PTSD and she was going through a lot of emotional rage, a lot of depression. And it's just something that, like, was really hard for us because we all didn't know how to handle my mom 
um, just because we never had to deal with that. Um, so we had a lot of um, like a lot of growth in that area of like handling people who had like you know PTSD or people who were just emotional and depressed about things like that. So that was crazy. Um, our first year was really crazy. So that's literally the turnaround of how my parents kind of came to um, just accepting Andrew in our relationship. Um, and the thing was like, you know, a lot of people were telling us that like it's going to take years or it was going to take, you know, um, until we had our first kid or my parents were just never going to turn around, which, you know, to us, it just comes to show like that God had his way. And because things were the way they were, like, it was never about, like, what we planned or what we thought. Because when we look back at it, we just think, we see this as, like, our obedience to getting married to the time we were. Because that really brought my parents to be open to our relationship and our marriage and to coming around to accepting Andrew. Yeah, because I think if... If we would have gotten married like that, that summer, summer, one it probably wouldn't have happened mm-hmm. because my mom was really in like uh, really she bad couldn't shape. Move really, yeah. So and she couldn't be outside because it would hurt her skin, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's like that was definitely perfect timing. And also like if we weren't married, I probably wouldn't have been allowed to like be there all the yeah. time and mm-hmm. like accepting from like the family. It was funny though because like the the funny part about this whole thing was. When you had relatives that didn't know me, because we didn't have, like, our traditional, like, Hmong wedding. So, a lot of, like, OGs or, like, older relatives. My elders? Yeah. Yeah. They didn't recognize me. So, I would be in scrubs in the ER room, because you're supposed to, like, be The ICU room, The ICU room. You're supposed to be fully clothed, like, in scrubs scrubs, and stuff. yeah. And so, I would stand there, and they always thought... I was um, the doctor. The doctor, because they always wanted to touch your mom. Yeah. They always wanted to touch her, even though she's like in a coma and you're not supposed to touch her. Yeah. And I'd be like, no. I'd be like, standing there with a mask. I'm like, nope, don't touch her. And they're like, oh. And they always thought I was the doctor. And then it was so my funny. dad would be like oh no this is my son-in-law yeah it was so funny and they then they're all like what and then my dad's like yeah they were supposed to get married this summer but we can't anymore which was the case we were yeah. gonna get traditionally married that summer but because my mom and my dad went through the house fire um we couldn't traditionally and so we did like what the year, year later a year later yeah, a year but later. so yeah and that was the thing too like my dad was introducing andrew as his son-in-law and being accepting of that so i we just we just truly believe that like we got married at the time we did because we knew that it was our obedience to god even when nobody else understood that and nobody else knew that um at that time like it was just things that like we knew in our life that were like this is right because we just know it was right because we know that the spirit has told us um and like we said we don't want to make this like super like spiritual or like shoving you know god down your throat it's just we like i always mention in all of our episodes this is something that you know we believe in and that we just wanted to share and encourage you guys with that um anything else you want to add to that nope that was our crazy yeah I mean, we could go into more detail about it, but I don't think if you guys have more questions, we're going to have a question episode and we want to p- 
push that um, concept a lot to have a question episode. Mm-hmm. So send us more questions and stuff like that. Yes. If you guys want to know more, like there's way more details to this. I mean, we've only talked like for 26 minutes or something like that, but like that was a long time and there's like there's a lot of really crazy cool things talk that happened during yeah. our, the house fire and that's why we just really believe that like we did get married at the right time and we got married in a position where like we didn't see the bigger picture but god had the bigger picture planned out um to my parents accepting andrew and accepting our relationship um yeah so that's our first year of marriage and the turnaround to how my parents came around and accepted Andrew like and everybody's story is a little different you know and like Mm -hmm. if your story is still like your parents aren't still accepting and still hasn't turned around like it's okay um my grandma always say that you know just love them show them love because people can't reject love yeah and if you do you you're the one that looks stupid yeah if you're rejecting it and so that was like my take was like I'm not going to, like, not try to be there. And, like, mm-hmm. I always wanted to be there because I'm, like, I wanted to get my brownie points. It wasn't even, like, that. Okay, Andrew That's wants to get brownie points, but he also secretly wants to, like, tr- seriously be part of the family. Exactly. Because he loved how connected we were. Mm-hmm. And we all just had a great relationship with each other. And it got to the point where everyone was tired of going. And it was super exhausting and mm-hmm. annoying. And we hated it. And we hated it hit it like literally 300 people came to see her mom at yeah. one point like it was crazy we had shifts for people we had like a sign up list yeah it was nuts and it was yeah it was very crazy so that was like our first year like we didn't get to spend a lot of time together we well we did just not in the right circumstance right like we spent time more with our family than we mm-hmm. did together yeah. Like for our first year. So I when people ask like how was your first year? For us it was really different. It was really I hope you don't experience we, that. Yeah, your we first hope year. you <laughs> do not experience that. And then we took like the next year to kind of not even be with each other but had a really m- mature relationship through that yeah. situation. Like it wasn't like honeymoon phase at all for us like we dived deep fast into like we felt like we were married for 40 years because of that situation yeah, that situation grew like we we became like a old married couple like that yeah like, like really fast. like that and so like it was it was crazy because it was literally a month later and a month and like 20 days later it was like february yeah. the end of february mm-hmm. and we got married at the beginning of the month before so yeah. it was like we literally had no yeah, transition we, at yeah, all. Yeah, it was like, not a slow transition. You're barely moved in. Like, it was yeah. crazy. I, the only time I remember about, like, us getting married, the, not us getting married, being married, like, the early phase, like, the honeymoon phase, I think all I remember was on a Saturday, we had cereal and we watched, like, a show. And we were like, oh, my gosh, we're married. And then literally, was before that happened? it was, yeah, this was like right before like my birthday. And then we were like, oh my gosh, we're married. And then we were just the like, this is weird. The I remember yeah. is on your birthday, your siblings actually came over. And that was the first time your siblings actually came over to our place. Really? Yeah, we were married. There's a picture of me and Alex sitting in the chair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was like the first time. And, and like, didn't we try to scare you or something? Yeah, you guys tried to scare me. So like that was like 
that was like weeks before the fire like yep mm-hmm. and so like that was like the only like honeymoon phase that i remember mm-hmm. and then we'd like dive deep into like okay this is like serious situation happening and like even our second year we weren't like oh let's take time just to ourselves. it was more like we just kept investing into my family into andrew's family investing time into other people and then i think now we're just kind of slowing down and realizing like okay what what are things we want to do what are things we um see in the future for us we've been married for you know almost five years now yeah Mm. crazy (laughs) so i think ours is a little backward yeah, because normally at this point, you're, like, already figured everything out. But mm-hmm. we're, like, now figuring out because we spent a lot of that, like, first three years just being with our family and, like. Yeah. And, like, even after finally, the. finally, like, they're finally, like, a year. Settling in. Two years into their new yeah. home. Mm-hmm. So, like, what ended up happening is the house got fully demolished and they rebuilt it a brand new house on, on the same spot. Yeah. Which was so weird. I remember the first day we'd be pulled up to it and I'm like, this <laughs> is weird. Cause like mm-hmm. you always used to drive to the old house and now we're driving to the exact same location, but it's a different building, different house, home, yeah. different design. And it felt weird for a while. It and now felt- I barely like, I barely remember what the old one I feel like I remember my old house. Well, you lived in it. No, I remember it, but I don't remember the feeling of ever going home. Like, I always felt like now that I go into my house now, like my parents' home, Mm -hmm. I'm always like, okay, like, this is my parents' house. But not your house? No, not my house. Because it's never been your house. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, even my old house, like, when I go in the house, like, I don't have that same feeling of, like, oh, my gosh, it feels like I'm going back to the old house. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. have that. You, for, you, like, literally forget that. Yeah, that I literally forget there. that other house was there. I still have memories of myself in the house. I can't imagine what your neighbors feel like when, like, they're like, what? Or, like, someone's, like, visiting your neighbor and they haven't been to your neighbor house for, like, five years. They show up like, what the heck is that thing? That's yeah. a brand new house. Mm-hmm. So that was our crazy first year um, and the turnaround to, you know, my parents accepting our relationship. So anything else you want to add to that? Uh, Nope. Just hold on. Yes. So that was like definitely like episode two kind. It kind of felt like episode two of the engagement. Yeah. But I mean, it was super. Well, it's episode four of our series, but it felt like like episode two of episode three yeah it's just we wanted to separate the segment because during our engagement and during our marriage is like it went like 360 real fast yeah like that was our yeah and so we didn't want to tell everything in one episode because it would be a little complicated Mm -hmm. um so yeah we just hope that you know if you ever felt like it was like your parents ha- still has a turnaround like that's okay just keep loving them keep showing them that and of course it's not gonna be easy it's not gonna be easy at all but um we just truly believe that like the more you just show up the more you're around the more they can't reject you um because that's exactly what we did you know mm-hmm. and we just hope that it gets easier and easier for you guys 
um, if you're in this situation as well. Yes, and we're pretty sure it will. It will get easier and easier. Mm-hmm. And if they're still not coming around, just pop out a kid. It'll get easy. That's what they always say. That's I, what they say, know. but we don't have kids. We so we can't we testify know. to that. <laughs> so um, we're gonna move on to the the question part of the episode. Yeah, so the first question is, when did coffee become your thing? I'm a tea lover who loves the smell of coffee. First of all, I love tea as well. Um, I love them both for, you know, different reasons. Um, I specifically love oolong tea. It's great for you. Green tea is great. Oolong tea is great for maintaining weight. Um, Green tea is great for your skin amazing black tea is great for black tea is great with milk in my opinion it's so good it's good ice black tea with sugar that's just sweet tea so good okay um when did coffee become i think i think coffee started for me in college just because i was you know of course in college and felt like um needed that to help me stay up and it was a great social aspect during my time. I'm not sure if it's still a thing now. It's definitely still a thing now. You Why think so? Yeah. I don't course. know. I just felt like me during college. Your college has a Starbucks in the middle of it now. That's true. It's definitely. But in the Minneapolis, our coffee scene has changed a lot. Um, but one of my like best friend, her and I will always go to the coffee shop, you know, like to do homework, but also to just hang out and socialize um we would always invite like other friends with us as well that was the reason why we really enjoyed coffee was for the social aspect of it and be in a different environment just because um our college campus was really small um it wasn't vastly huge so we didn't have a lot of places to go to that felt cool so coffee shops in minneapolis was the thing for us yeah and for me it started in 1999 um, when I was about eight years old. I'm just kidding. I was like, wait for real. <laughs> no. Okay, we want to talk about that. It no. started when my grandma gave me coffee with sugar. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, it started when um, probably the r- roughly around the same time it started for you. But I wasn't in college yet. Yeah. Um, but it started when I moved in with my cousin downtown um, Minneapolis. And we lived under or like very close to which at the time was my favorite coffee shop because we went there but i only worked on weekends and i made enough on the weekends to like i had decent amount of money for the time now it's like nothing but like for that time it was like a good chunk of change and so like i only worked overnight on weekends so like i had a lot of time and he didn't really work that much either so we went to this coffee shop and had coffee like once a uh, day or twice we'd go there twice three times a day like mm-hmm. like regulars that come to my shop now yeah you know who you are um but yeah so like i was i would go there all the time and like spend hours and hours at this coffee shop playing monopoly with my cousin and it was super fun and so for me that's when it started and now coffee is like my your life. yeah your career yeah so so yeah i would say like if you're talking about like heck of good coffee and i 
pretty much brought that to Andrew's life. Let's be honest mm. here. She because he hated me going to third wave coffee shop because he's always like, this coffee is way too expensive. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, because I only drink like Cheap. black just plain coffee because I thought it was cool. And I only drink it. And so that's how I developed a taste. And now I can't even drink that stuff because it would make me sick. Because I like Black light, coffee? like dark coffee. Uh, yeah, so he changed his mind after, you know, us going to like my favorite coffee shops for so such a long time. Mm. And he developed like a better uh, palate for Ooh, his taste buds and really understood the aspect of why coffee costs the way it costs. Um, you know, just because of like farmers and making sure they're paid for, making sure your coffee doesn't taste like um, burnt and ground dirt, but you know, actually it tastes amazing and that it's actually been roasted and cared for by the shop or so, from someone, you know, yeah. someone who really cares about coffee. So if this is your question, I recommend these things for you to switch over from um, tea, tea to coffee. Mm -hmm. um, one, try to get a light, a very light roast, like Ethiopia or something very floral or um, not floral, more like fruity and acidic. That's going to have a closer um, flavor profile to, let's say, like uh, bl black tea. Um, so like a very good Ethiopia that's roasted pretty light is going to have a same um flavor profile and mouthfeel as a black tea which will help you slowly transition and then you can kind of pick what you like after that but that's what i would recommend something like that or even trying um my shop's um cold brew kyoto cold brew it's very um very smooth and light and super um refreshing and it doesn't really taste like a typical cold brew yeah and so like I would even say that's an amazing one to try out because um, if you like cold press, but cold press is too concentrated in a non-good way, I feel like. Because I've tried, like, you know, chain cold press, and it's just way too, like, concentrated. But the cold brew is actually a lot smoother and lighter. Mm -hmm. It's not, like, super coffee or caffeine that your headache will explode because I feel well, that way about caffeine is definitely still there if it's more but but I'm saying that it doesn't have that like cold press caribou like it doesn't thingy. have the muddy taste to yes it. it doesn't taste like you're drinking it's sludge. very actually really smooth so it's called Kyoto cold brew it's just the method is a little different and um very well done yeah so, so thank if you're you, in the thank city, you Japanese people yeah it's, it's a Japanese Kyoto Japan yeah. Kyoto Towers is yes. what it's from. So, so if you're in the Twin Cities, go hit up um, Wesley Andrews. Um, we're this is not a sponsor from them, but if, um, they do owe me money, so you can just me shameless money. plug. Well, not shameless. It's a plug because I want them to just. Yes, uh, Andrew can talk about coffee forever. So yeah, let's not get into this. Let's not get into that. Um, What's yeah. the next question? The next question is, in what ways does your partner make you a better person? By the way, loving the podcast already. Thank you so much. Do we I are glad that you're enjoying it. Do I know this person? No. No? No, I don't That's think you know this person. Uh, um, so we're glad you're loving our podcast. It's really new for us, especially me. So that makes me feel really comfortable and great because I'm not someone who would do this. 
Yeah, she doesn't like listening to herself, so she's not heard an episode. I have not heard an episode. But anyways, answering your question, what in what ways does your partner make you a better person? Um, You want to answer Keep that? Keep her in check. In line. In all the lines. No. <laughs> um, For me, Stephanie keeps me in check. Yeah. And I'm sure very challenging. Line, and she's very challenging to me with just like making sure I do certain things or just making sure that I stay on top of schedules and stuff like that. And and um, communication. Communication. Telling me when I'm doing stuff wrong. Yes. Like I'm too involved with certain people and I should just not mm-hmm. be involved in certain people's relationships and stuff like that. Just like just good wife stuff. Um, And I... And for me... And for me... Okay, for what I do to Andrew is challenge him in ways that um, it's the opposite of what he thinks, you know? Like, if he thinks or feels a certain way, I would do the exact opposite just because, for me, it's like you have to always see both sides. You can't just always agree with the same side. And I'm just that kind of person towards you, I feel like. Like, I like challenging you of like, okay, well, how do you... I guess in a loving and in a communication aspect all the time. Like, even if somebody does this, well, you still have to love them because of, you know, these stuff too. And so. Mm. So for me, how do I challenge you? (gasps) Uh, Hello. What ways does your partner make you a better person? But am I a better person now? Mm -hmm. Because of me. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, I think for me, it's like. The same, but in a different way, where when I don't feel, okay, I will give you a situation. So the last few months, I have been disappointed in my life through a lot of opportunities, um, just super hung up on them. Sad. Drew, you know that. <laughs> no. <laughs> and um, I was highly depressed over them, like just depressed and hung up on these disappointments and what Andrew does is always telling me that you know just being real and honest of like this doesn't change the situation by being like this and this is how you change the situation by you know actually being grateful for what you have and what you don't have because I'm very much the person who is like I have nothing in my life and she has a lot of things including me I'm very much that person who's like, I have nothing in my life. My life is going nowhere. I'm not where I want to be. And because I'm a, an achiever, like that's who I am. Like I'm a dreamer. I'm idealistic. I strive for goals and ambition. And when I don't have that, um, it really just takes a toll on my identity because I base my identity on a lot of that. And so the last few months has been a whole scrap of not basing my identity on that. And Andrew has always been the person who's like, you're not going to make it doesn't define you. And he's very much of like, you're not where you are because you're not grateful for what you have. And, you know, that's actually a really true thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a real thing. If you put out negativity out there, you only get negativity back. 100%. Yep. And so I think that's, like, in ways that Andrew makes me a better person is, you know, just being raw and mm-hmm. honest 
and not sugarcoating. Because, I mean, in our relationship, we never really sugarcoat anything anyways. Mm-mm. Ain't no sugar up in here. We're tough. Mm. No, we salty. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I think those are just ways of him making me a better person. It's just always um, saying and letting me know that um, if nothing's great or going good is because of the way I am. And I think like that's good. In a in- nice way. You're making it sound like I yell at you for not doing good no. things. Um, but I mean, like, OK, like Andrew told me that I need to get counseling because I have a lot of um, thoughts um, I have a lot of like internal conflict and it was true. I had to go get counseling just to talk to somebody about it. And that was not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. It's, it's it was a good thing. That. Yeah. Everybody needed someone to hear their thoughts. Cause I mean, if you ramble on, nobody's going to know what you're talking about because it's in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of counselors, they can actually like dissect a lot of that. So that was, I mean, see, that's the things that are, you're helping me to be a better person. You know, ways and things are just kind of telling you. And I think, like, in relationships, that's a really good thing. That's a healthy thing if you do it in a healthy way. Also, um, if you're out there and you feel like you need counseling, don't feel bad about it. Just yeah. You can take counseling. It's not a bad thing. Yep, just and I would it. have to say that counseling is not a bad thing. Like, f- coming from someone who had, who took counseling in college and had counseling, um, it's not because you're crazy. It's because you want to better yourself. Yes. And people think have this misconception because of society has corrupted the image of counseling and, phys- and therapy. Um, so basically what I went in for is just to kind of understand myself better, find my identity, and explain why I communicate the way I communicate in my relationship with Andrew, you know, of not being able to be authentic and raw. And through all of out of that, it really changed my perspective, and it really changed our relationship. Um, so if you feel like your spouse may be too honest with you, it's not a bad thing, mm-hmm. you know. And I think it's a good thing because you're just being honest with them, but be in a loving way. And I mean, every relationship is different, so That's to each true. his own. Um, but also, if you feel like you're, you can't be as open to your significant other as you want to be because you feel like you just need like you're stuck because i know that feeling you should definitely try to seek like either your pastor or someone that you trust and just talk to them about it Mm -hmm. and they'll help you find the words to say because it's definitely something that it's not easy it's Mm -hmm. not easy and like me and Steph would like have like arguments like everyone does we're not perfect i know you see us at a higher platform you think we're perfect (laughs) I'm just kidding. But people, like, everyone has arguments and stuff like that. And Stephanie would just shut down and just not say anything. That was, like, maybe. That was, like, the first. First to second year of marriage? Yeah, the first. First year. It's still the first. I do that a lot because I do that to my parents. And that's what your parents do to each other. Mm -hmm. So it's something that you were taught. I was raised and I saw that. And I was, I'm the opposite. And Andrew's very the opposite. And so like, as we were just mentioning, what ways it makes your partner, makes you better is, you know, just being raw and telling them honestly, like, hey, I'm not telling you to get counseling because you're crazy or psychotic. Like it wasn't anything that it's, I think you have communication 
that you need to talk to someone on how to do it because I don't know how to help you in that. And it's true, and you're not gonna be able to help your partner in all the all aspect of life because no. you can be there for them, and mm-hmm. you can never. But you, there are things that you may not be able to help them to go through because you're not them. Like Andrew has never, Andrew has never um, felt anxiety or depression the way I have felt. So for him, he's never gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna help you through that because I know how to get through that. And it's more of just, I'm gonna be here to help you through that by being here. But, like, you're going to have to go figure that out, like, you know, with someone. And so I think that's a, a good thing if you're going to be honest with them. Yeah. And if they can't be honest with you, I don't, I think that would be really hard in your relationship. And like we were mentioning, if it's hard for you to express yourself, um, you know, just find someone you trust that and explain to them, like, I don't know why it's hard for me to communicate or I don't know why I communicate. And sometimes it really all stems from how you how you were raised. And it's OK. Mm-hmm. Um, even if your parents are perfect. It's OK if like you feel like some of the stems you have were from your parents and you grew up in a great home. Like, yeah, like there's well, going to be things that are a little off. And it's not that it's wrong. It's just like if you want to be a better person as well you you would want to um change yourself through that and i think that was us like we wanted to be better for each other not that we make each other better than ever but we also want to change Mm -hmm. Mm ourselves if that makes sense it makes sense you kind of rambled but yes makes sense i'm just kidding (laughs) but yeah anyway like try to be try to be raw (laughs) try to be honest (laughs) just kidding but yeah so I guess that's how I make you better. Is yeah. I I help encourage you and tell you. When yeah, Andrew's a very um also a very physical, affectionate, words of affirmation person. So he'll mm-hmm. tell me that every day mm-hmm. of like how he feels and how he feels towards me, and it's well, and like sometimes Stephanie's like I'm not doing anything. I'm blah 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 blah, and for me, I was like, girl, you're the best. You're the best that there ever was. You're the best that ever is. And so, like, for me, I can't see... I can't always see where she's mindset is. Because, one, I'm not a girl. I feel like a lot of girls have issues, like, with... Not issues, but insecurities. Yes. and Issues with insecurity. Not oh, yeah. saying that insecurity isn't... It's, an, it's a problem. But I feel like girls have it more. And so, like, I don't see Stephanie... Why she has those problems, but I can realizing that no matter who you are, there's certain things that everyone will have. Yeah, there's certain things we we all are going to be Mm. insecure about. And I feel like I also encourage you to not be lazy and to keep doing things because this girl can get lazy and not do anything and just want to. I'm a fire starter. I don't know how to keep the fire going. And I'm the kind of person that if if you want to help me start the fire, I encourage you, but I, I also make sure you keep going, putting that wood back on the fire, even though you want to give up the fire. You're the flamer. Well, yes, I'm not. a. F- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Okay. So thank you all for the question. Those are great. Yes. And for next week, I don't know. Do we have an idea what we're going over next week? Next week, we honestly don't have an idea, but... We'll figure it out. Also, we do want to 
once again make sure that you guys are sending in questions because mm-hmm. we do want to have a question episode yes. just answering questions fun stuff like this kind of intense stuff too there's some that we're kind of holding off until this um episode and we'll just call it like the question episode mm-hmm. cool. yeah and so please um check out the video if you're more of a visual person and thank you for listening to our podcast our episode today the turnaround was really short but we just wanted to address that to how my parents kind of turn it, turn around to accepting our relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and we like to keep these episodes within an hour. So. Yes. So thank you for tuning in. Anything else? I don't think so. But, yep, that's our life for that. Um, we'll figure out what next week episode is. And once again, these go live every Friday. Yes. Um, so make sure you tune in. Uh, the audio goes live every Friday. The visual does not. Um, if you want to DM Stephanie and ask where these videos are and harass her, please do. Um, okay. But my part, the audio is live every Friday. Okay. Um, so, yes. So, awesome. So, thank you so much. Feel free to send us questions through our video, our Instagram, Stephanie by Design. And you have a new way to um, submit questions as yep. well, right? And then we also have a free suggestion free suggestion box call. Open-ended questions for We Are Shoemaker Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also the link in my Instagram as well. So, thank you all so much for listening. We will see you guys in our next episode. Bye. Bye.